So this morning we're continuing our Wholehearted Life series, and for those of you who might not have been along during a Wholehearted Preach, uh, there's postcards available, you can have one of those at the end if you haven't got one already. The Wholehearted Life series um, is based on some research done by a, a, a sociologist, psychologist, Brady Brown, and it's an interesting piece of research she interviewed thousands of men and women and just listened to their stories, listened to what they did and what they didn't do. And she came upon a group of people that she described as the wholehearted. These were people who exercised compassion, connection with other people, um, vulnerability, they could be real there was no fear of man in them. They had a sense of being enough and belonging. They were able to embrace their own imperfections without being crushed. They had a real sense of worthiness. And she interviewed thousands of people and found that these people were all practicing very, very common traits. So she didn't go into the research thinking, I'm going to discover a whole heart of people. She just interviewed people and found that wholehearted people, people who are fully in, people who are letting go of fear, um, letting go of numbing, we've talked about letting go of perfectionism, letting go of what people think, um, letting go of anxiety, um, letting go of um, being in control, um, letting go of performance. She found that these people were all practicing very, very similar habits in their lives. And I think that's really interesting that there's common grace in the world, mm. yeah? That, that it's possible... Is it possible to put the uh, fan off at the back? Just thanks. Yeah, there's common grace in the world that non-believers who are practising certain things, these are people who are not necessarily in a relationship with Jesus if they're practising certain things like gratitude, being kind to themselves, being kind to other people, um, calm and stillness that we're going to look at today, authenticity, these people, these not necessary believers, not necessarily followers of Jesus, have tapped into common grace. Mm -hmm. So I think if God in his kindness and wisdom has hidden things for people to find... If the believer finds them, it's like these qualities and traits on steroids. <laughs> yeah? Yes. So if a man or a woman can know wholeheartedness just by connecting to common grace things that God's hidden in for people to practice, how much more how much more can the believer who's loved like we're loved? practice these things and be a light, a city on a hill. I got excited when I came across this research because, I don't know about you, who wants to live wholehearted? Who wants to be fully in? <laughs> who, who wants to just be real and not have any fear of people? Who wants to know joy? <laughs> I, I, I got gripped by this research when I came across it because 
I had been on a quest for freedom from debilitating anxiety for many, many years. Indeed, many decades. So when I heard there was a bunch of wholehearted people on the planet and they were practising certain things, my interest was piqued and I wanted to know what they were doing. I, I guess if, if I was taken to the doctor when I was 10 years old and described my symptoms, they would have said, your son is suffering from obsessive compulsion disorder. I had a debilitating fear of flood, theft and fire that resulted in a ritual of checking everything before going to bed. My recollection is it felt like the routine was around two hours. I'm not sure if it was or if it wasn't, but it felt like the routine went on for a long time. Um, in coming to Christ, I didn't necessarily suddenly find myself in um, an am amazing moment of freedom. Now, I know that God in an instant can, can heal the mind and change, but I discovered that he was on a process with me of steady steps and progress on a journey of learning to trust him. But when I found that there was research about the wholehearted, I, I, I read all of her books in a month, which is the great side of having <laughs> an obsessive nature. <laughs> all right. It's the great strength, it's the, it's the gift, okay? It's on its negative side, it's debilitating and robs you of joy, but it's also a great strength because it can make you very, very determined and uh, go through all the research very, very quickly. And so I, I wanted to understand what the wholehearted were doing. And so today what I want to focus on is, is the wholehearted, they practice calm and stillness and they let go of anxiety as a lifestyle. That's what she found. Men and women are whole, who are whole, wholehearted and engaged let go of anxiety as a lifestyle and practice calm and practice stillness. Uh, how many of you want to know calm and stillness <coughs> as a lifestyle? So it gripped me. I wanted to understand this. And actually, I found this, of all the traits, interesting, now you know my story, to be the most difficult and the most challenging. And often, repentance, changing your mind about something, can feel like you're dying. Yeah? Sometimes to push through to a place of calm and stillness when your practice has been anxiety as a lifestyle can be like war, because sometimes it is war. And just because God gives a promise doesn't mean we don't have to fight for it, okay? So Psalm 46, we're going to read some of this because I think this is an amazing piece of scripture about um, calm and stillness. And then we're going to unpack what that means in practice. And I want to say to you, who, any of you who do struggle with issues in, in your thinking, and I think to, in reality we all do on a spectrum, there is an answer for you. I do believe that in Christ there is an answer. There is a solution. There, there is freedom. It doesn't always have to be the way it is now. There, there, is, a, there, there, there is grace. 
There is freedom. And however cluttered your thinking might be this morning and however far you feel from calm and stillness, you can this morning make significant steps to a lifestyle of letting go of anxiety and embracing calm and stillness. Okay. And I say it again, if non-believers who don't have the Holy Spirit can do this, how much more can we who have God living in us? Okay? We have no excuses, all right? So, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. His voice, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. Mm. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, he burns the shield with fire. He says, he says, God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Interestingly, reading the books, beginning to speak on some of these topics at Global Legacy, I thought I need to cultivate some calm and stillness. And so I decided one of the things I would do is I would cycle from central London to Woolwich, about 12 miles, and uh, I'll, I'll cycle along and it'll be a calm and peaceful, peaceful experience. And... And honestly, the the truth about my internal world caught me up. Because sometimes I think we keep busy, keep preoccupied, keep active, because we don't want the reality of how we feel inside to catch us up. We keep distracted. Because... We feel that if we create a clutter-free clearing, a place where we're still, whatever, we'll look at what that can mean, a place where we're not busy, doing, active, we are terrified that the truth of our lives will catch us up. We're terrified that in a still space, in a calm space, we'll realise how tired, scared, confused, irritated, Frustrated, we sometimes feel. So we keep busy. Because we've learned the habit that if I keep active, if, if anxiety is my lifestyle, if I'm always doing something, then all those voices are just silent. But it's in the stillness, it's in the quietness, it's in the clearing 
that we'd suddenly discover, I'm actually scared. I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. Busyness fills our heads. That's why so many of us say holidays are our most difficult time. Sometimes our holidays are the most honest reflection of what's really going on in our hearts. Anybody said that? You know, you you think, I needed two weeks to just unwind. And then we stop and it all goes... I didn't realise how tired, worried, concerned, agitated, performing I really am. And so I, I took this little bike ride and realising I am really struggling. Hmm. Because I decided, okay, I'm not going to put earphones in my head. Because that's what I normally would do, cycle along and listen to a preach. I thought, I'm not going to do that. It's just going to be me and a bike and silence. And it was awful. <laughs> so I thought, I'll do it again. And, and, and God said, at the, after the second day, the second time, God said, that, that, I thought today was meant to be about us being together. All you were really concerned about is you wanted me to give you an answer to a problem. And you would not stop going on about it. That wasn't silence, Jamie. It's really interesting. And so when we consider a topic like this, calm and stillness, we realise that anxiety plays a really, really big part in our lives. Without even knowing it, we can live stressed out, managing lots of different demands, priorities, roles, and hardly ever present. The biggest challenge of our generation is technology means that we can be hardly ever present. There's always another world we can escape to without actually being in that moment where we are right now. Psalm 46, 1 to 10 holds out amazing freedom for us. Be still and know that I am God. Or let go, relax, Cease striving, be calm and be still. Or as the message says, stop the traffic. (laughs) Great, great translation. Stop the traffic. Stop the traffic. So the first thing I want to talk about is calm. Although it says be still and know. Calm is, is a mental attitude. Calm is... If stillness is about what's going on in my heart, calm is about how I'm going to interact with the the issues and the things that go on around me. It's interesting that the people who practice wholehearted living, the people who were practicing stillness and calm, they were not people who didn't have any problems going on in their lives. They suffered the same issues... Debt, redundancy, sickness, relational issues. But they had learned that in the midst of it all, the practice of, of calm. So it's a mental attitude, it's a decision, it's a practice. And the psalmist says, even though he's never present help 
in times of trouble. Therefore will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So mountains are those things that are immovable. They're always there. They're, they're dependable. And the psalmist is saying, even if everything shakes and quakes and roars and foams, if everything that looks immovable starts to move, there is a river who streams make glad the city of God. There is a reality that's higher than all other things that shift. And so, calm is how we interact with the world around us. And so, the life of the believer, Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He's saying that in this life there will be complicated, disturbed situations. There will be. But calm is our way that we bring God in on everything as our great buffer before we react. So you can... Earth it. You're at work and someone starts to talk about the company and starts to talk about how the company's doing and whether it's making money or not, and someone spreads a rumor that it might be redundancies. Calm is a mental attitude, a practice, and a discipline. Before reacting and panicking and freaking out, you, you pause, stop, and think, and you get God's perspective on it. So it's, it's, a, it's a buffer between you and bad news, between you and rumours between you and speculation. It's, it's, a way of, it's a way of slowing the world down so that you get God's perspective. And the psalmist says that God is an ever-present help. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. So he's saying God is present, God is near, God is accessible, therefore the solid logic says I will not freak out, I will not fear. So it's almost you, everything you face, you, you, we want to come to the place before we worry about it, before we get anxious about it, that our default position is God is near, God is close. God is accessible to you and to me. So I'm going to slow down. Trust leads to slowing down. Trust leads to slowing down and drawing upon God and asking what God thinks, asking what God's perspective is, asking for wisdom. James says, and if we ask for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. Yeah? We don't know what to do and what to think and what the solutions is. We slow down before freaking out and speaking and getting capped. You know, like that scenario about redundancy or, you've, or you, your kid has come back from school and they've come to tell you something about school. And before we know it, we've been drawn into anxiety and fear and we're on the phone. <laughs> There's a pause and a moment where we think... It's okay to say, I need to think some more about this. Have you noticed that when people come up to you with anxiety, that anxiety is extremely contagious? 
Harriet Lerner, a, a, a psychologist, says, anxiety is extremely contagious, but so is calm. Mm. Do you want to infect mm. people with more anxiety or heal ourselves and the people around us with calm? And so if someone comes to us with anxiety about a rumour or speculation or something they've heard or something that's happened, the anxiety in that moment is super contagious and it wants to draw us into the same anxiety. And have you noticed that sometimes when people come to you with anxiety, they're quite disappointed if you don't jump into the anxiety with them? And it's almost that people feel you're judging them because you're not freaking out. But, but for the believer, the solid logic is, God is my ever-present help. He's my refuge and strength. And you're not saying that to them, it's just your inner world. So I'm not going to fear, because solid logic says, I think I need some more information about this. Or I need to think some more about this. Giving, having some default modes where you say, actually, I just need some time to think about this when you get news. Or I don't think we have all the information yet we need to make a decision on this. And even just asking yourself, will anxiety help? It's quite obvious. How, how many of you have felt better after anxiety? You know, <laughs> giving your mind to speculation and fear of the future. How many of you come out of the other side of that feeling joy and peace and alive? And anxiety doesn't help. But recognising that God is better than our anxious answers, that he is sufficient, that he is equal, that we're going to pause and connect to God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That pausing and connecting to God before running down the road of anxiety as a lifestyle, saying, no, I choose to be calm, I choose to connect to God, I choose to draw on him, I, I choose to recognise that he is near. I'm taking the solid logic of biblical revelation that says he is God and I am not and he is more than capable and he loves me and he's good and he's faithful. I can look back and see his faithfulness and I can trust him for this moment right now. Because that's our interface with the world. Because I sometimes wonder whether part of our struggle is we, we, we think that in this life we'll have no troubles or that we won't be touched or bumped into by harsh and difficult and disturbing and perplexing circumstances. And then we think something is strange is happening to us when we walk through this life. But what God promises is in the midst of it all is a capacity to be resilient in the midst of it. Resilience, yes. that capacity to, it, it, it comes at you, but you've got a shield of faith. That you're in a community of a shield, with shields of faith. That, that's what, a, what the body is. That together we have interlocking shields of faith. Mm. So that together, so that we stand together. So that one person who's going through things can actually sometimes just crouch behind the shields of faith of others. Who yeah. say, he is good, he'll find a way. There is a way. There is a solution. This sea can open up. He, he can do the incredible. He can heal the sick. He can make a way where there is no way. Our shields are interlocked. <coughs> so when one is weak, there's a place of safety for others. And so in, 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 chat, in verse 10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. 
So this is where, this is where we win the war, okay, against fear and against anxiety, where we create a resilient heart that can be impacted, but isn't going to be controlled and dominated. It's, it's stillness is the decision that because he is God, and because I'm pausing to take a long, hard look at God, and who he is, and who he is for me, that I'm going to cease from striving. That's why God's question to me, or more observation of our cycle ride as it were together where you did want to talk a lot Jamie about your problems where in effect he says I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more to you than I've already said be still and know that I am God <laughs> sometimes he refuses to give an answer apart from he says the answer is me I know this it, 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 it is not the most profound thing you've ever heard in your life. But I would love to convey to you how it's taken me nearly 30 years to start to dawn, these things to dawn on me. And I, and I believe part of my payback is other people getting it really quickly. Yeah. So if I had to go on a process realising that, you know what, the answer's not your circumstances changing. In fact, the answer's not that you're never going to have anything <coughs> bombarding you. The answer is stillness and ceasing to strive. And I wonder whether, because it's so simple, we think it's got to be harder than that. Are you saying that my anxious toil and overwhelming lifestyle of fear and worry can honestly be silenced and I can really have freedom by simply declaring I am going to be still and know that he is God and the answer is yeah <laughs> it's that simple but I think the, the challenge for us is that before we were encountered by love we were in a world where we had to self-provide, self-protect, that we had to give ourselves everything our, mm. ourselves, and that we, we struggle with the idea of that he can give me identity, he can give me worth, he can give me value, he can give me significance, he can give me meaning, he can give me purpose, he can give me destiny, he can give me belonging, he can be giving me love, and all I need to do is be still and recognise he is God and I am not God. Mm. And see, that's been our problem on the planet since Adam and Eve. We wanted to be God. We wanted to be our own boss, our own determiner, our, our own provider, our own protector. We wanted to toil, to give ourselves an identity and significance and value and worth and we wrestle and struggle with the idea that we can only have it through surrender through abiding and through trusting and so my struggle from a 10 year old onwards was about if I don't protect, provide and check who will? 
It was around what if? Speculations about the future. Speculations about what will happen if I don't provide and protect for myself. And questions around his goodness, his faithfulness and his willingness to look after me. So when you boil it all down was, I don't want to be still and know that you are God because I don't really believe that you are trustworthy. I know me. And I know, if I don't think about it too long, I can feel pretty in control until my imagination goes off and realise I'm in control of nothing. But you don't want to go there, so you create the illusion that you are. Because... To let go is to say, I entrust my whole life, future, being to him. And that is the only way there is freedom. But it's beautiful. And it's available. So stillness is about, I'm ceasing to strive, I'm letting go, I'm stopping, I'm saying that's enough, I'm considering myself safe. And the psalmist is saying, I'm saying that in the midst of, not speculations or imagination, I'm saying that in the midst of real quaking. Mm -hmm. We're experiencing some real quaking. Mm -hmm. You might be experiencing some real quaking. Mm -hmm. Some real shaking of mountains. You thought that mountain could never move. You think, wow, it's moving. Not just your imagination, but you've heard rumours or you've... You're facing situations. Health, finance, job, family. And the psalmist is saying, in that place, pause. Fix your eyes on him. Consider yourself safe. Live in the smile of God. Being still and knowing that he is God is the practice of, I'm not taking myself so seriously. Just recognising that God has been building his church. God has been ruling the earth for thousands of years. Mm. I have been involved on the planet leading church for 14 years. He was doing it 2,000 years before I was born. And if necessary, he'll do it that long again until the nations are reaching the gospel but Jesus is coming back. But he can carry on doing what he's been doing. Jamie, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> We've talked a lot about extremes. Passivity over intentionality. I am off the board. I'm, in the, I'm, a, I'm around Brewery Road on the scale of intentionality and seriousness. And I, 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 It's good to be intentional. It's good to be diligent and it's good to be faithful and it's good to have disciplines but not to the point where you cannot take you have to calm and not take yourself so seriously Mm. so I think we've challenged over these verses of being still and knowing that he is God because it involves submission yes it involves surrender submission and yielding It is recognising that he is God. (coughs) 
I read a really interesting article about self-discipline. And, the, and the, the article said, self-discipline will not change you. Because if you have to do everything just through self-discipline, it means you've got an inner conflict still going on. Does it make sense? But if there's a settledness, he is God and I am not. He is sovereign, I am not. He is good, he is faithful, he is full of wisdom, he is wisdom. He sees, understands and comprehends everything. Now I can be still and know that he is God. Can you see that that my cycle ride was an issue of revelation? I wouldn't have had to cycle with questions and ask him for solutions if I was, had a revelation of he is good, I don't need answers, I need him. We live in the smile of God. We need all of us time where we unstring our bow. Talking to Paul and Rebecca's daughter who's into archery. You, you, for archers, they have to unstring the bow when they're not using it. Otherwise, the bow loses its tension and loses its strength. So there are times when the bow is unstrung, and then when they go out hunting or archering or whatever they do, hitting the board, you put the string back on the bow. And some of us, in our pursuit of Christ and our pursuit of the kingdom, just need at times to unstring our bow and be still and know that he is God. <coughs> what do you do if God doesn't answer? It's a great question. What do you do if God doesn't answer? He doesn't love you. Okay. We have to. I think for every person here, there is a laying down of the argument of God doesn't love me, and it's a surrendering to what the Father says is, "I love you so much that I sent Jesus." That's the great objective revelation in the earth that God is love and God does something about our predicament and he does it through the incarnation the coming of of the son of God in human flesh fully God fully man dying for us dying as us and and setting us free from from captivity to Satan sin and death to open a way for us to come home and have eternity Mm if we don't get an answer to our questions it's still be still and know that he is God and I am not there are times he doesn't answer because he's not at our beck and call he is God there are times when he remains silent when it's just enough to bow the knee and say I know that you are God and I know that you are God and I surrender So there are times when we all need to unstring our bow. There are times in our pursuit and our longing for the more of God that we need to rest and be still. 
there are times when our biggest breakthrough is actually in the place of rest and surrender and not in trying so hard and being so intense. Being still and knowing that he is God involves laying down, being so self-critical and harsh. It means silencing the debilitating, self-critical voice that says, you're not doing good enough, you're not trying hard enough, you're not being diligent enough. It's stopping and ceasing and saying, since I can do nothing, I need your help. And the kingdom of God is not something I do for you, it's something you do in me, and it's something then that manifests through me. A, a, a place where we are still is like a clearing in a wood where we have time to feel, think, imagine, dream. It's a place of receptivity, celebration and awe. And it's not just a holiday, and it's not just a special day, it's a lifestyle. It's not just when difficult things are got rid of, it's right now. The psalmist says right now, in the midst of questions and problems and issues and needs and speculations and worries and anxieties, I choose to be still. I don't need you to bring a solution to them all and then I'll be still. I'm going to be still now. I'm going to choose stillness now. It's not a destination we reach. As Steve Backland says, um, there are few ordinary weeks. In other words, we think we're going to practice these things when it's an ordinary week, when it's an easier week. But then we find every week has its own issues and troubles. Jesus says tomorrow's got his own troubles. <laughs> Today's got its own. <laughs> so it's not when all of the things are sorted. It's I'm creating a clearing right now in the midst of life. I'm going to find a way that this is going to be my norm. And stillness doesn't have to look like anything. You have to find what works for you. Some people find stillness walking in the country. Some people find stillness journaling. Some people find stillness um, just worshipping. Some people find stillness in a group of people chatting and enjoying. This stillness is about I'm recognising that I'm not God. I'm creating this place where I'm rejuvenated and refreshed. It's not the amount of time, but the quality of time. It's about being away from if you can, everyday tasks and responsibilities, about carving out, even if it's minutes, and it's about, if you can, being away from information technology. <laughs> being away from it, putting it down. So and this is a space where, I haven't even got an agenda for this space, but it's, I'm being still, and I'm looking you in the eye, God, and I'm going to see you as God, and I'm going to imagine, I'm going to dream, I'm going to be in awe, I'm going to be in wonder, I'm going to be refreshed around you, I'm going to be fellowshipping with you for no reason apart from I just love you and I want to be with you. He's going to pray for us. For mm. I just love... If in any way you feel this is a day, I just I, I, I want to make a decision, and I want to leave behind anxiety as a lifestyle, and I just want to put a mark in the sand today that I'm done with it. 
And what you're saying is, we're not saying that from this moment onwards there'll be like a magic shield around you. Nothing ever will come to um, tempt you, because we can't say that. But we can say before God is, I, I choose today to be still. And I, I choose today really to yield and surrender to you. And I choose to recognise that you are God. And in standing, what, what I'm asking you to do is, is to recognise that you, you, you even know you live in the smile of God or you're safe. Or you're saying to God, I want to know this. I want to know this. And I'll, it's a practice of saying I'm not going to take myself so seriously of being my own protector and own God. But I want you to be my God. And I want to consider myself safe. So if you feel, actually, I just want to, you, you just know, and I guess for all of us, anxiety has been a big part. <laughs> we live on an anxious planet. So if you just say today, actually, this is a decisive day for me, that I want to be safe. I just want to invite you to stand. You're just drawing the line under it today. You're saying, that's enough. I'm letting go. And I'm stopping. And I told you my own story because uh, it's, 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 it's progressive. But, but these are the key moments, yeah? And he sees. And he sees your heart. And what you're saying is... is make this really clear, it's not you in this moment saying, I am setting myself free of anxiety. You are in this moment saying, I'm choosing to surrender and yield to a person who's greater than you. Yes. Okay? That's a different thing than you're saying, I'm going to fix myself and modify myself and get more determined. You're just saying, whatever's going on around me, I'm choosing to trust you. I'm choosing to recognise that you are God and I'm unstringing my bow and I'm going to rest in your goodness. So we say, Holy Spirit, we just say right now, new measures upon people in their, as they're dis- deciding in their own heads, I'm ceasing from striving. I'm letting go. I'm going to stop trying to fix it. I'm saying, that's enough. And I consider myself safe. So we say, revelation, even right now, of I am safe I am safe I am safe I live in the smile of God I live in the smile of God I surrender to you God I don't need to be so intense I don't need to be because I am protected I am cared for I am looked after And so we say, let rest the rest of God. Let rest, let rest be released. Let rest be released. And when anxiety comes knocking on your door with a delivery, say, I'm not receiving any deliveries because I don't need to even undo that package to see what's in it because I am safe, I am protected. Bible says, do not be anxious about some things. Yeah? Is that the right? (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's really worrying. No, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer 
and petition with this magic bit, <laughs> we can say that, with thanksgiving, yeah. offer your requests to God. And then the Bible says, and the peace of God yeah, that transcends all Thank logic, all understanding, will guard your heart and mind mm. in Christ Jesus. And that phrase, guard your heart and mind, Paul is saying the Holy Spirit walks around the circle of your city and he guards it. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit goes out to meet things. Yeah? He goes out to meet things. He goes out to meet speculations. He goes out to meet concerns. He goes out to meet worries. And, and then he guards you and protects you in peace. Okay? And so we're saying, Holy Spirit, we trust you. We trust you to guard our hearts and minds. We trust that 24 hours a day when I'm awake, when I'm asleep, you're walking around the city of my life and that you are protecting me. So what I do is I make declarations every morning to recalibrate my day so I'm in line with these truths. And one of them is, today, God is the object of my confidence. I choose to look to him and his unchanging nature. I trust in what he is like and his ability to do something for me. When I'm anxious, I say, today I will not take counsel in my own soul. I will not lean, rely, depend upon my understanding and conclusions. In everything I do, I will trust and listen for Father's voice. He is able to speak and be heard. He is the one who will guide, lead, direct and keep me on track. When I know that I want to have stillness, I say, today I choose to let go, stop, cease, and know that God is God. Today I will create a clearing where I will be receptive, dream, imagine, and celebrate God in awe and wonder. Yes, yeah, so we say, seal it in our hearts, in your name, Jesus. 